just since I've been here, we, we've had a few people that come in. When I first started, I, I had a few local residents who come in and bring items from their family or, or items from, from someone who, who they knew that lived here in the past. Uh, so we have, we have a nice collection of clothing and, and just local, local things that, that people have used through the years. And, and we, we try to display as much of that as we can and as frequently as we can. So anybody who, who wants to bring something in, feel free to do so. And, and we'll see if we can get that on display. Good day, everyone, and Merry Christmas. I'm Sean Radcliffe. It's Preservation Oaks once again, and we're here with another great episode speaking with the unsung heroes of our museums, cultural, heritage, historical, and genealogical societies across the USA. The guest you just heard is Mr. Brandon Brown, the executive director of the Kiowa County Historical Museum in Soda Fountain, located in Greensburg, Kansas. We'll learn more about this excellent museum on this Christmas edition of our Preservation Oaks podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Thanks, everybody, so much for checking us out. Our main platform is preservationoaks.podbean.com, but we're also on almost every podcast platform as well as Odyssey and YouTube. So wherever you listen to the program, I appreciate it very much when you like, comment, follow, or subscribe. We trust that people want to have a better understanding of these precious organizations. We make listeners aware of how the organization is supported, how each is unique to the communities they serve, what programs and events they currently have underway, and what services they offer to the public and their members. We believe this information is vital for people to know how to work with these organizations and how important it is to join, support, volunteer with, and donate to one or more of these core societies. Remember that your donations are tax-deductible. Each guest organization on Preservation Oaks brings with them a truly unique perspective around how they tell the story of their communities how they continue to be relevant for the times in which we live, and what kinds of exhibits and volunteer opportunities they've created. This makes listening to each episode of the program interesting, fun, and diverse. If you're listening and you'd like to be a guest on the program, or if you have questions or comments about the program, spin off an email to preservationoaks at gmail.com. All right, that being said, let's get this show snapping. On December 1st, 1990, England was connected once again to mainland Europe for the first time since the Ice Age as engineers digging a railway tunnel under the English Channel broke through the last rock layer. On December 13, 1991, North and South Korea signed a treaty of reconciliation and non-aggression, which also formally ended the Korean War. That was in 1991, although actual fighting had ceased in 1953. 
On December 14, 1962, the Mariner 2 space probe sent back information from the planet Venus, the first information ever received from another planet. December 20, 1699, Tsar Peter the Great changed the Russian New Year from September 1st to January 1st as part of his recognition of the Russian calendar. And on December 25th, that's Christmas Day, commemorating the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. Although the exact date of his birth is not known, it's been celebrated on December 25th by the Western Roman Catholic Church since 336 A.D. So that means this Christmas marks the 1,686th celebration of the worldwide holiday. A couple of jokes, a man walks into a library and asks the librarian for books about paranoia. She whispers, they're right behind you. Every time I'm late to a Zoom meeting, I always blame network traffic. All right, let's get some tea. Twining's tea. Oh, I love Twining's tea. You can email us anytime at preservationoaks at gmail.com. Preservation Oaks is available for listeners on nearly all podcast platforms, as well as Facebook, Odyssey, and YouTube. On our next episode of Preservation Oaks, we'll be meeting with Ms. Taylor Volts, the director of the Historic Mobile Preservation Society located in Mobile, Alabama. The society was formed in 1935, and 87 years later, its members are still proud advocates for preservation of beautiful historic Mobile. The purpose of the society is the protection and preservation of Mobile's beautiful old buildings and the other things of historic value. And Mobile is a beautiful town. I encourage everyone to go on Google and just go down Mobile streets. It's really pretty. For this episode, we greet Mr. Brandon Brown, the executive director of the Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain located in Greensburg, Kansas. If you're a resident in the local area, this episode will help you understand what the society has to offer, how you can participate and take advantage of the worthwhile events the society sponsors, and how to best support them by volunteering and donating. Here's a brief biography of our guest. Brandon Brown began as executive director of the Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain in June of 2022, so he's relatively a new leader there. He's also been interested in history and was excited about the opportunity to take on this new role. Brandon has lived and worked in Kiowa County since 2004 and is married to Alyssa. He has three children, Christina, Jason, and Iva. Brandon has also worked at the local community mental health center since 2004 in various roles, including housing director and CCBHC project director. He continues to do that work while serving the community passionately at the Kiowa County Museum and Soda Fountain. Brandon has an exceptional team at the Soda Fountain. Together they work on challenges and creating new opportunities for growth and helping Kiowa County residents preserve the county's history. Welcome to the program, Brandon, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Sean. Thanks for having me. Hey, how's it going? Are you in the society already for Christmas? We are. We're, we are ready. We have our, our Christmas tree up. We, we share a beautiful building here in Kiowa County with the Kiowa County Library and Extension Office, as well as the Media Center. And we, we got a beautiful tree put up and, and we're ready for everything Christmas, even the, even the weather's participating. Oh, that's great. I bet it's very beautiful. I know you have such a beautiful museum there. 
the building is, is new and it's it's very nice. And uh, thank you. If people look at it inside, all of the exhibits are just beautiful. I mean, just crisp and beautiful. Real. Thank nice. you. Yeah, we're we're very proud of of what we have here. Now I noticed in the town you've got something called the Big Well and Museum, and I was reading online that there's eight wonders of Kansas defined and the big well was voted number one. What is the big well? The big well is the world's largest hand dug well. It's here in Greensburg. It's about a block away from our building. Uh, so we, we share a lot of the same people that come in to see our exhibits. We send them over there and, and they, they send folks over here to see us as well. And uh, it's 109 foot deep and it was built in 1887 here in Greensburg as a water source. Wow, and it was hand dug, it's how deep? Hand dug, 109 feet deep. Oh my God. Yeah. I know, I went <laughs> online and looked at it. Maybe I'm wrong, but the thing looks huge in diameter. It is, it really is. And and to, to, if you go into that museum and, and read some of the stories of of just what people had to do to, to be able to move all the rocks and move everything in from the surrounding area to build that it, it was quite an undertaking and really a marvel it's really kind of scary when you look down you know the the museum goes up in a circle a circular kind of pattern uh, right. up from the water of the well and you look down there and it's like oh my god i wonder if people yeah, so, drop coins in there or things yes definitely coins in the, in the bottom in, in fact you can even buy some of the coins at the at the gift shop there that, that have been put in the well over the years. And oh you, you can walk down to the bottom of the well. They have a beautiful spiral staircase that you can walk down and you can actually go up a couple of stories and, and look out over Greensburg. So uh, wow. it's, it's really a neat experience. That is nice. And is that water still used for the town? It's not. No, it, it's no longer functional. I'll be darned. Boy, that's, that's something else. 109 feet by hand. Wow. Yes. Yeah, it's really something to see. If, you, if you're ever out this way, we, we encourage you to stop by. Well, that's great. Now, I noticed also online that in the first weekend in December, you have a holiday business open house. We do. Yeah. So de December 3rd was, was this year and, and uh, just had an open house and all, all of the local businesses that, that wanted to participate did so and had a nice turnout and very encouraging and just, just little things that we're able to do to, to get the community involved in what we do here. Yeah, that's really great. And it's a beautiful town. Something I found interesting in Kiowa County is this gentleman by the name of M.T. Liggett. And he did some, hmm, I don't know if I'd call it controversial. It was probably controversial <laughs> at the time. Does the museum have any of his art on display? We don't have any of his art on display here in our museum. But yeah, Mr. Liggett was from Mullenville, which is in Western Kiowa County. And I, I think controversial is a good way to put it. I, I think people around here definitely understand that and know that. And and, and he did as well. So I, I think the website says that nobody was immune to criticism from, <laughs> from Mr. Liggett, but it's, it's a, it's a really interesting piece of Kiowa County history and, and definitely unique to what we have here. Fantastic. Now, Mr. Liggett, the artist is gone now, right? He has passed away. Yes, in 2017, I believe. Okay, well, that's too bad. You have an art museum there dedicated to his work, is that right? We do. We actually have a couple of art museums. We have the 547 Art Museum here in Greensburg, and then just recently in the last couple of years in Mullenville, uh, they, they built the uh, M.T. Liggett 
art experience. And it's a beautiful new building and you can walk in, they have interactive exhibits, they have videos, they have his art that he built when he was here and just fascinating to walk through and, and see all of that. Yeah, that's really cool. Really cool. There's a lot to see in Kiowa County. What's the history of Kiowa County? Kiowa County was started in 1867. Okay. Uh, it was named after the Kiowa tribe here in, in southwest Kansas. We're kind of right on the edge of southwest and central Kansas, but folks around here call it southwest Kansas. Okay. Pri- prior to being settled, it, it was a large buffalo hunting ground. So, so there were a lot of buffalo. I think some people said over 40,000 head of buffalo here in Kiowa County prior to, to it being settled. And uh, it was established in, like I said, 1867. So just just a few years after Kansas statehood, which was 1861. Wow. And are there still buffalo in the county? Not that I've seen. <laughs> no, I, I don't believe so. Throughout the years, people have had had some around as, as you know, livestock, but mostly cattle around here these days. Okay. Did the Kiowa tribe, do they still live in the county? There's not a large Native American tribe presence here in Kiowa County anymore. Okay. I have to assume that the Kiowa tribe itself may have been moved to like a reservation or something. I believe that they were moved to Oklahoma, if memory serves. Okay. Do you have any connection with that tribe from a historical perspective? We have some some artifacts and some displays in our museum dedicated to the Kiowa tribe, but but no no lasting connection. I've interviewed historical societies and genealogical societies who are building bridges to the tribes that they're named after in order to have exhibits that come from the tribe in sort of a partnership. I don't know if you, you have any of that going on. We don't, but that's definitely something that we would consider. And and so if any of your listeners know of anything that would that would help us with that, please reach out and, and let us know because because I think that's that's a crucial part of our history and, and American history as well. Yeah. Can you help us understand the history of Greensburg, Kansas? So Greensburg became a city in 1885 okay. and incorporated in 1886. It was named after a man named Donald Cannonball Green, and he, he had built a stage line from Wichita out to, to western Kansas and, and down into Oklahoma. And so the city is actually named after Mr. Green, and, and he never got to live here, but he did represent this area for a while in the state legislature before he moved on. But his stagecoach was known for its speed. He tried to make it the fastest stagecoach in America, uh, but they would switch out teams of horses every 10 or 15 miles and get people from Wichita, move people. They would move mail. They would move newspapers. Just, just anything back then that needed to be moved, they, they, would be, they would be the ones to do it. That was Cannonball Green? Yeah, his name was Donald Cannonball Green. <laughs> Cannonball was a nickname. Uh, and that's, they, they named the stage line after him. Wow. How do you get a name like that? Do you know? I think that was good marketing at the time. Uh, he wanted to be known for his speed in the, in the stage line, like I said. And so I, I think it, it kind of went hand in hand with what he was trying to do and just, just good public relations back, uh, back then. It. That was marketing back in the 20th century. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> and what year was Greenberg started? Greensburg was started in, it was founded in 1885 and incorporated as a city in 1886. Oh, okay. That was not as early as some places in Kansas, huh? It really wasn't. And even in Kiowa County, I believe there were a few other settlements prior to that, even in Kiowa County. Wow. 
Now, you have a nice new museum there, and I understand that there's a reason for that. Can you explain a little bit about May 4th, 2007? Absolutely. So May 4th, 2007, we, it was a Friday night and uh, just another, just another night in Kansas, you know, the tornado sirens would go off frequently and, and not something that, that we took too seriously, but, but enough so that we would do what was required to take shelter and protect ourselves. But around here, you kind of get used to that. And so more of a nuisance at first than anything else, but it became very real very soon that there was a very large and, and destructive tornado headed right right towards Greensburg, which is the county seat here. And uh, everybody, you know, was able to, to get to shelter who could. Yeah, so it was about a 1.8 mile wide tornado. Oh my. And Greensburg itself is only about two miles wide. So it went right down the middle of town and, and devastated about 95% of all the structures in town uh, were, were destroyed that night. Was anybody's Including lives lost? Yes, unfortunately, that we did lose a few of our residents, oh, both my. both here and and people who who lived in surrounding areas. I grew up in central Illinois on a farm, and we had tornado season every year with the sirens. So I understand completely. We had a town named Canton, Illinois, where a tornado did the same exact thing, went right down Main Street, and just wiped it out. Yeah, it's it's definitely amazing, and and not something you ever want to relive. And I do believe the town and the area has done a great job of using that to build on our identity and, and definitely back stronger uh, than we were before. And, Absolutely. And like you said, a lot of, a lot of brand new things that, that are unique to us and that really don't exist in, in Western Kansas or, or anywhere else in the world for that matter. Now, I thought I read some articles on the internet about Greensburg. As you rebuilt from the tornado, you were going green. You were doing it in a way that's environmentally sound. That's right. Really from night one, I, I remember the time very well. And and I remember the, the people in charge of planning at the time, the city manager, um, one of his earliest statements were that we're going to build back bigger and better and stronger. And we're going to do it in a way that's environmentally friendly, in a way that other people can look up to and model their cities and towns after. And, and so really from day one, we hit the ground running with that plan. And they've done a beautiful job of building back some of the businesses and buildings that are vital to, to what we do here and, and doing it in a way that's environmentally friendly. Well, it's the county seat as well, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. So the courthouse, did it get damaged? The courthouse took a lot of damage, but it's one of the one of the few, very few buildings in town that that are that is still standing. So withstood a lot of damage, but they've they've done a wonderful job of rebuilding it. They remodeled it, you know, new windows, new floors, all, all of that good stuff. And and so it's it's one of the original buildings that that we had pre-tornado. One of only a few. Wow. And I noticed in many of the articles around the tornado of that night, people start using this terminology before tornado and after tornado. Before tornado and after tornado. Absolutely. You know, it, it was a very defining moment in the history of Greensburg and in the history of Kiowa County. And, you know, a lot of people around here see it as, as Greensburg before was a different place than Greensburg now. And, it, and it's different in a lot of ways. A lot of the same people that were here before are still here. And, and really, we know that the people and, and, and the stories that people tell are, are what makes the, the town a town. And we just like to say that we have some new stuff to, to show them as well. 
while the town is beautiful, you you guys, I'm sure, are still rebuilding in some aspect, but it's very beautiful. Absolutely. We're, We're very proud of it. Brandon, can you please explain the history of the Kiowa County Historical Museum and the Soda Fountain? Absolutely. So the Kiowa County Museum was on Main Street in, in Greensburg pre-tornado, but in a different building than, than our soda fountain was. So we had an old-fashioned soda fountain. It was it was an old hunter drug store. And so they had the soda fountain, they had the pharmacy in there, and, and they were they, they were on the same block, I believe, if memory serves me right, but but not really combined together. So after the tornado, when they decided to to rebuild, the, the people in charge at the time decided they were going to make the drugstore and the soda fountain the living history part of our museum. And, yeah. and it's really beautiful. Yeah. So they they used a lot of the same what they could salvage from the from the hunter drug pre-tornado they used to rebuild like the soda fountain itself, the, the bar there. And it's it's just really beautiful to, to walk into and to walk into our commons building and, and to see that drugstore. And then, and it's fully functional. So a big part of what we do here is, is run that. Floats, ice creams, we do, we're doing pie now. Uh, we have a full coffee menu. So we encourage people to stop in and check out all the things to see around Kiowa County and, and definitely stop in and get a treat from our old-fashioned soda fountain. Well, we talked a lot about Greensburg and Kiowa County, and I'd like to provide listeners with the contact information for the Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain. You can reach them on the web at www.kchmsoda.org. They're also on Facebook. Just look for Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain. Their address is 320 South Main Street, Suite 100, Greensburg, Kansas, 67054. You can call them at 620-723-1125. And you can email them at Kiowa Museum Soda Fountain at gmail.com. Is that all correct? Yes, it is. Thank you. Yep, you're welcome. Can you provide the audience with an overview of the communities you serve? there in Kiowa County, the variety of your membership and the mission and objectives of your society? Absolutely. So in addition to Greensburg, we have Haviland, which is about 10 miles to our east. And Haviland was founded in the 1880s and incorporated as a city in 1906. Uh, It was named after Laura Haviland, who was an abolitionist and an important figure in the Underground Railroad at the time. It was founded by a group of Quakers uh, who were, were originally from Indiana, so so they moved into Haviland, and uh, the first post office was open there in 1886. That's yeah. still pretty late for other places in Kansas, right? It really is. I I think kind of in this area that was that was at the time, you know, post Civil War, and and that was the first town in the county. That was it. it was about the same time as Greensburg, I believe it was founded. All part of that Cannonball stage line that we talked about earlier. So, so really, part of what 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 they did was, you know, I said they switched out horses every every ten or fifteen miles. And and as you travel through this area on that route, you'll see the our, our little towns popping up about every every ten or fifteen miles. So so Haviland was one of those stops, and and Greensburg, and then. To the west of us is Mullenville, which was founded in 1884. Oh, I just realized why the dates are, are so late. Because they settled the eastern part of Kansas first. Then they had the Civil War, which kind of interrupted things. Absolutely. And then 
things started up again and Westerns, or in your case, Southwestern Kansas was settled after that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, even today, there's a noticeable difference between Eastern Kansas and Western Kansas. Uh, when you look at population, when you look at e- even the geography of even the, the landscape itself is different. So definitely took a little bit longer to, to, to get people out here in Western Kansas, but we're glad they did. What about your membership? What's the variety of your membership? Right now, our, our membership is, is really something that I've been looking to since, since I got here, really improve upon, really make more of a, of a focus in, in what we do here because, because it's, such, it's so important. It's, it's such vital use to our area and some of the people that we serve are members here. And, and so we really want to focus more on membership going forward. You know, I've been here since June and and that's that's become one of one of my top goals uh, being here. So we do have we have a wonderful board of directors, and they've been in operation for many many years, and they're they're pointing us in the right direction. But they've they've asked that one thing that I do is is really work on that membership and and you know really define what it is to be a member and and what some of those benefits are and how we can help each other going forward. You have more members in Kansas or in the county than out of the county? Definitely more in the county, for sure, uh, you, you know, around Greensburg, Havlin, Mullenville, and, and those areas. But we do have some from out of state. A lot of people around the time of the tornado even moved to, to other places and, and are still active members, still participate in, in, our, in our mission and, and what we do here. Okay, fantastic. What's the mission of your society? Okay, so our mission statement is that the Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain is committed to preserve Kiowa County history and educate the public of the great history of Kiowa County. That's a nice mission statement. So you started your tenure as executive director in June 2022, right? I did. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? How did you come to do what you do now? So I I moved to Greensburg in 2004. So about three years prior to the tornado, I met my wife and and we got married and moved moved to Greensburg in 2004. And I took a job at the local mental health center, local community mental health center. It's called the Iroquois Center for Human Development and started working there. And and for some reason, they they kept promoting me. And and so I've been able to make a a career out of that. And I, I love working in mental health. I've done that since since then in various different roles. When the opportunity came up for me to to take this role, I couldn't pass it up. You know, I've always been been a fan of history. I've always understood that it's importance and definitely something I want to learn more about and something I have learned a lot more about. And so when this opportunity presented itself, I I had to jump at it. And so I'm doing this now in addition to, to my work at the Mental Health Center and really passionate about both. Yeah, I'd be aghast to, to do that, you know, for the community. I know that you're very much focused on the service that the museum provides to the local community. You know, we're very proud of what we do, and, and we offer something that a lot of a lot of places in our area definitely don't offer uh, with our soda fountain and just some of the interactive things that we do to, to get the community involved. And so, yeah, we're definitely proud of what we do. What's okay. coming up next on the horizon, Brandon? Where are you headed next? One of the things that I've wanted to do since I've been here is bring some new things into our museum, some new exhibits, some, some things that, that people in this area haven't seen or haven't had the ability to see. 
And so we just completed our first traveling exhibit since I've been here, and, and that was the John Brown Experience. And in February 2023, we're going to be bringing in an exhibit called In the Trenches. It's about Kansans during World War II and, and their experiences in the, in the trenches. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we're excited about that. You know, out here in Western Kansas, there's not a lot a lot of new exhibits being shown. So, so anytime we get the opportunity to bring something out here, we're, we're going to do it. Are you doing oral interviews for that? We haven't, but, but definitely something that I think would be a integral part of that experience. And uh, I do know off the top of my head, some, some veterans around the area that, that I think would be very good and, and knowledgeable about that. Yeah. Plus it'd be great just to capture their history. Absolutely. Wow. That's great. Can you tell us a couple of funny or interesting stories from your society's history? Absolutely. So one of the things that we have here at the uh, Kiowa County Museum, that's one of the more popular things that, that people notice is a cardboard cutout of a gentleman named Richard Huckerty. He went by the name of Dickie. He ran the Hunter Drug Store here on Main Street since 1952. He, be- he became a soda jerk in 1952. And, and ran it all the way up until around the time of the tornadoes. So he was there for, for half a century uh, running that drugstore. So we have his cardboard cutout here. And a lot of times people will come in and just see that it's, it's life-size so people can take their photos with it. And one of our most popular things in, in, in our museum is just people who have stories ab- ab- about Dick and the things that he did or, or would say. And we have a video that plays with, with him being interviewed as, as you walk in. So that's definitely something that that we that you don't see very many other places. Yeah, it was right there on I want to say Main Street, but the main it was yeah yeah. So so a lot of towns out out here in in our part of the world, you know, Main Street is is just just that the Main Street. That's where a lot of the businesses were. So Dick started in October of 1952 as a soda jerk, and he tells a story that when he came in. You could get a six ounce cola for five cents. And, wow. and one of the things on the video that we have that we show people when they come in is, is him talking about when they raise it from a nickel to a dime, how, how the public reacted. And, <laughs> and he said, you know, some people kind of had an issue with that back in the 50s. Yeah. What's a soda cost today anyway? Let me think. Here, you know, I think our prices are pretty, uh, pretty low compared to some of the other places. You can get, depending on the size, anywhere from $1.25 to, to $2 for a old-fashioned soda. Yeah, that, that's a very nice price. Very nice price. Absolutely. Compared to, like, if you go to Starbucks, you your coffee may oh, cost yeah. you $4. Absolutely, at minimum. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, and plus it's really, really nice to be there, be in the museum, and be at that old soda fountain. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. What kinds of other exhibits are on display in the museum? Here in our museum, we, we, we mostly talk about the history of Kiowa County, some of the, you know, the history of Haviland, the history of Mullenville, the history of the, of the native land prior to it being Kiowa County. And, and our friends over at the Big Well Museum across the street have a lot of the history of the tornado in, in 2007. And you can, you can come spend a day here in Greensburg and, and in surrounding towns and, and learn all about our history and, and find out some pretty fascinating things uh, really geared to whatever you're looking for. If you want to learn more about the tornado, we ask people to, to go check out our Big Well Museum. And if you want to learn more about the history of Kiowa County, we ask that you come here and, and see what we have. Fantastic. Are there hotels in the town so that people coming from other places have a place to stay while they see the town? 
There are. We have a Best Western here in Greensburg, and, and then we have a motel on the on the east end of town, and, and both are fully functional, and, and I've stayed in both, and, and great places to stay. Yeah, I saw some of your exhibits on the internet, and they are very nice. Very well done. Thank you. Do you have any collections exhibited anywhere else in the county? I don't have any collections of artifacts. One thing that, that we have that, again, is, is unique to us is, is our round barn, the From Bernie Round Barn. And it's over, it's over south of Mullenville. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was built in 1912 and restored in 1995. It was built for draft horses in 1912. And so it didn't last very long because the draft horses kind of went out of style when, when people started building tractors and, and, and farming really changed out here. But it's, it's a marvelous uh, piece of architecture that you, you can walk into it. It's open. You, you just go in the door. They have really beautiful exhibits there that, that you can check out and read all about it. And, uh, some of the old farming equipment you can still you can still go look at and, and touch and see how it works. So that's very so cool. that's something that, that is part of our history and part of our society that, that we're very proud of here. And the museum cares for that site, right? Right. Yeah. So Phyllis Bernie was the name of, of the lady who owned the barn. And in 1993, she gave the barn and one acre of land to the Kiowa County Historical Society. Nice. We've been caring for it since. Now, why would you build a round barn? What would be the advantage of that? Do you know? I I believe that the the intention was they wanted to build a barn big enough to house about 28 draft horses. So so it needed to be big and it needed to be able to withstand our winds and and some of our... uh, our severe weather out here in, in Western Kansas. So being round, I think would take, take some of the brunt of those winds away. And, and it's really, it's, it's 16 sides. So it looks round. It's, it's really a, it's, it's like a double, double octagon. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, so, so from, from the outside, it looks like a round barn, but it's really a 16 sided structure. I grew up in a farming community and my first job in high school was working in a round barn, grooming horses and they were boarded there. And the reason that the barn was round was that it had an arena in the middle where the training of those horses could take place. They yes, also that, that used- makes sense. And, and I'm sure I'm sure that's the same same goal here. Uh, my understanding is that there, at the time, there, that was really the way to, to do it out here, you know, the way to, to build those structures and, and that several of them were built, but, but ours is one of the few that, that remains standing and, and in good shape. Brandon, if you're building, it's new, and God forbid this should happen, but if your building were to catch fire, what things would you grab on your way out? What do you consider as the most important artifacts in the museum? You know, Sean, that's a really good question, and, and uh, I, I, I've given it a lot of thought. I think the simplest answer would be that, that we, have, we have a case in, a, in our museum that houses some donated possessions of servicemen and women from Kiowa County some things like some some war medals and some folded flags and items like that. And, and I think really th- those would be the things that I would grab from our museum. We know from experience that that it's the people that live here that tell these stories that make our museum. And we'll always have those stories to tell, but some things just can't be replaced. And so so I think that would be that would be what I would spend my time grabbing. Okay. Thank you for that, Brandon. You know, it's time for us to take a quick break for a few minutes. All right, listeners, we'll be right back after these important messages. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. La 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 la. 
to be Charlie. La 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 la. Done we now our gay apparel. La 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 la. Throw the ancient Yuletide carol. Introducing a totally new experience. The Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain in Greensburg, Kansas, where state-of-the-art immersive environments, interactive exhibits, and dramatic films take you on an amazing journey of the history of Kiowa County, Kansas. Discover a world where disaster-level weather, changing of the seasons, and the patterns of past daily life are as fascinating as any battles fought by great warriors. The Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain. Our legacy is yours. Call 620-723-1125 for more details, admissions, and hours. Plan a visit today and bring a friend or your family to 320 South Main Street Suite 100 in Greensburg, Kansas. It's time for Preservation Oaks Book Shorts. Book Shorts is a segment of the program where we quickly introduce listeners to authors and books which satisfy your love of history and genealogy, help you with your own research, and finally help you improve the depth and wisdom of your unique family story. On this installment of Book Shorts, we're very honored to be joined once again by author Robin R. Foster. This is Ms. Foster's second appearance on Book Shorts because she has a great new book entitled My Best Genealogy Tips, Finding Formerly Enslaved Ancestors. Ms. Robin R. Foster began her incredible spirit-led journey in genealogy in 1985. She was a family search missionary from 2007 to 2014 and was selected as Family Tree Magazine's Social Media Mavericks 40 to Follow in 2014. She's a co-founder and owner of Genealogy Just Ask LLC at www.genealogyjustask.com. Robin is a member of the South Carolina Genealogical Society Columbia Chapter, a member of Anson County Historical Society in Wadesboro, North Carolina, 
and served as a volunteer at the Lawrence Local History and Genealogy Room of the Greenwood County Library, and also served as the Greenwood, South Carolina Family History Center Director. Robin has extensive experience helping others and speaking to groups about genealogical research in the southern United States and naturalizations. She has a great new book entitled My Best Genealogy Tips, Finding Formerly Enslaved Ancestors. Listeners, I hope you'll jot down a note to self to go and get yourself a copy. Please join me in welcoming Ms. Robin R. Foster to discuss her book, My Best Genealogy Tips, Finding Formerly Enslaved Ancestors. Robin, welcome back to Book Shorts. It's lovely to have you join us again. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Can you give us an overview of your book, My Best Genealogy Tips, Finding Formerly Enslaved Ancestors? Sure. I go through methodically giving the record that document the formerly enslaved and the enslaver. The places that are covered are Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, North Carolina, and South Carolina. Some of the record that I use are death records, which are the death certificates, newspapers, the 1870 and 1880 census, land records, historical cemeteries, church records, voting records, oral history, and many others. What makes this book so helpful is that I use my family with the record. They can read the book and see what records I use. Then they can go over to the group and get more records. That's great. Thank you very much for that. Why did you write this book? Well, I wrote my genealogy tips, Finding Formerly Enslaved Ancestors, so that I would teach the descendants of the formerly enslaved and the enslaver. I formed a group also where I give out the exact records that their ancestor lived in. That means whatever state the enslaved or the enslaver lived. That, to me, is the most common problem, not knowing the records. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Where's the best place for someone to get a copy of the book? My genealogy tips, Finding Formerly Enslaved Ancestors, is available on Amazon. Or they can go to genealogyjustask.com, which is G-E-N-E-A-L-O-G-Y-J-U-S-T-A-S-K.com. Okay, fantastic. Can people get a signed copy of the book? Yes, it's kind of hard, but uh, if they follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram, they will see when I'm presenting in their location. Also, I've had people mail me a copy of their book, and that works too. Thank you very much. Robin, thank you for sharing your experiences and helping others with your excellent books. Oh, and thank you for being a guest on Book Shorts. You're welcome. You come back anytime. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Listeners, pick up a copy of this excellent book, My Best Genealogy Tips, Finding Formerly Enslaved Ancestors. In this book, Ms. Robin R. Foster takes the reader on her personal journey to find her formerly enslaved ancestors. She opens her heart and relates her story of perseverance, curiosity, and determination, which led to her success. Along the way, she imparts her learned wisdom to both encourage readers not to give up, but also know where to look 
This is a book for people to immediately make progress, to be led by the evidence, and to be thorough and steadfast in their research habits. This is a book based on first-hand knowledge and experience. This is a good resource for anyone researching formerly enslaved ancestors or ancestors in general. Well worth a read and use as a reference. It has real-world practical guidelines and directions to move your family history research forward. Oh, and by the way, Robin Foster has a new book that is coming out in the November-December time frame this year, and it's called My Best Genealogy Tips, It's Time to Start. It leads the reader through basic genealogy, how to get started. Okay, so that'll be great, and hopefully Robin will come back to talk about that book. Anyway, thanks again for listening. See you all next time on another segment of Book Shorts. Welcome back to Preservation Oaks. I'm your host, Sean Thomas Radcliffe, and we're here today with Mr. Brandon Brown, the Executive Director of the Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain, located in Greensburg, Kansas. Let's pick up where we left off. Welcome back, Brandon. Thank you. Glad to be back. What kind of funding model supports the society? What are your funding goals this year? So we are funded predominantly by our county commissioners. So we're very thankful for the funds that they're able to give to us and and That's really what keeps us going and keeps our mission alive. We are able to fund a lot of the things that we do through our soda fountain. So, you know, we we, people come in and and buy those things and and buy buy drinks. And one of the things that we have at our soda fountain is is it's called the EF5 Challenge, and it's named after, of course, the EF5 tornado that came through here. And and it's it's 15 scoops of ice cream in a large bowl and. We encourage people to come in. If, if you want to take the challenge, you're welcome to. And if you can eat that in 30 minutes with all the toppings on it, then, then it's yours for free. And you get your picture on the wall and you get a, a T-shirt. Actually get a 
one of the bowls that, that we make them in, you can take home as, as kind of an award, but, oh, wow. but that, that's something that we have here. So, so we try to do things to involve the public, involve the community in, in our soda fountain. We, we, we try to host events when we can. We had a guest speaker in a few weeks ago who talked about the Dockham drugstore sit in over in Wichita from, from the 1960s. And so, so we, we definitely try to try to involve the community as much as we can. We, we work with our, our county library and uh, as kids finish a book, they'll get a, they'll get a coupon for a, a dollar off of, a, of oh. an ice cream cone or something. Like oh, that's that. so, very nice. Oh, that's great. Now, how many people have tried the 15 scoops of ice cream challenge and how many people have won? <laughs> we have on, on our wall, we, we have pictures and, and I believe there's seven or eight, eight people uh, in the history of, of the EF5 challenge that have completed it and, and their photos are up on the wall. And, and then next to that, we have the victims and, and that's the, the <laughs> folks who haven't completed it. <laughs> victims, that's and so, good. Yeah, exactly. And so, and, and that's actually not, not as high of a number. So I, I think most people who have tried it have done so successfully either that or, or wouldn't let us take their picture, but yeah, definitely something that, that you don't see a lot of. And anybody who wants to take the EF5 challenge, get a hold of me and we'll, oh, we'll make yeah. it happen. So in terms of funding, you said your main funds come from the county budget? Yes. From the county commissioners. Okay. Got it. And you still get donations from the public? We do. And, and we, have a link on our website uh, that you mentioned earlier that that you can go to and and make a donation and, and we encourage any any of your listeners who who would like to to, to do so. Great. And it allows us to be able to not charge an admission for for our museum, and so people can come in and walk through and and not have to pay, and and that's very very helpful for what we're trying to do. Oh yeah, you can focus on the work instead of focusing on bringing dollars in. Absolutely, that's very cool. And you said you're you're mainly focused on memberships this year, or at least that's one of your key goals for you know the short term. What are your membership levels? How does somebody join? So you can join right now by by getting a hold of me. You can you can send an email to the to the email that, that you mentioned earlier, or you can you can even write. In in the future, like I said, one of the things that I'm that I'm looking to work on is is making that membership process more streamlined. So, so can you join online? That's definitely something we want to add to our website right. in the near future is being able to join memberships online. And then, and then what does that mean? What, what does it mean when you get to be a member here and what are some of the perks and benefits of that? And how much is a membership? Memberships right now are $50 and, and, and that's considered a lifetime membership. Oh, okay. Wow. That's cool. So $50 once or $50 annually? $50 once gets you a lifetime membership. Wow, that is very cool. Well, that's great for the people of the county. That's really nice. It is. It really is. You have any uh, publications or apparel or coins for sale as part of fundraising? We don't hear. Uh, our friends over at the Big Well Museum, they, they have a, lo- a lot of you know Greensburg uh, memorabilia the shirts that say Greensburg and, and the coins from the Big Well. And so, so definitely if you're looking for, for something, a keepsake or, or something to remember us by, we, we would definitely encourage you to go visit them. Okay. So what kind of outreach and education does the society do within the community? I think being a, a museum that, that offers free admission is, is important because a, a lot of times, you know, this is a small town and, and 
everyone in the county, middle school and high school comes here to Greensburg to attend school. And so we're about two blocks away from our, our school. And so uh, on a normal day when the when the school lets out, then a lot of the kids will come down to the museum and grab a snack at the soda fountain and, and walk through our museum. And, and so I think being able to, to have hit this here for them and, and to not have to charge an admission is, is very important. Additionally, we, we want to offer more of those public speaking opportunities to, to bring guests in to talk about Kansas history, American history, just, just things that would interest people in our area. You have a just schedule to, of those that people can look at so they can plan a visit? Absolutely. So, so right now, we just finished one for our annual meeting. Uh, we, we had a, a lady from Wichita come over and talk about the Dockham Drugstore sit-in. And as we, as we schedule those in the future, uh, we will be posting those on our social media sites. Okay, fantastic. So if they pay attention to your Facebook page, that's where they can Absolutely. learn about upcoming events. Right. That's that's our main way to communicate with the public. Okay. Do you do any work bringing in groups of, or grades, I guess, of school children and teaching them things? We do. We, we're, we're always available if, if any of the local schools. So, so one of the things that's, that's unique about us is, is that we, we work together. So we'll work with the Big Well Museum and some of the other in the art museum here in town. And, and so if there is a field trip or a group of students coming, we all know about it and we all prepare for it. And so we'll do things like give a large group of people, you know, a discount on ice cream or something like that. And just bring them in and let them see our museum and, and make that part of their day when they stop in Greensburg to see some of the other things that we have. Yeah, that's fantastic. You guys participate in any of the annual celebrations in the town, like Labor Day celebration or any of the citywide garage sales or things like that? We do. We do. We, we just had our, our Christmas open house a few weeks ago here. And, and uh, one of the things that is big around, around Kiowa County is, is our Memorial day. We have a, a rodeo. We have uh, usually a group of people come in and, and we do citywide garage sales and just try to make the, the most of it. So we, we like to stay open. We like to come up with deals to get people in our doors to, you know, maybe a, maybe a scoop of ice cream for a dollar or something like that. We, we do monthly deals to, to help get people in and, and take advantage of those folks who, who normally wouldn't come to Greensburg, but they're here for an, another event and, and we want to get them in to, to see what we have to offer. Well, I imagine in your museum, you have a number of artifacts and well-explained artifacts or well-curated artifacts. How long does it take to to tour? Is the museum on two floors or one floor? Or how long does it take to tour it? Our museum is on one floor here and, and over at the big well, it's, it's multi-levels. You can walk down to the bottom of the well or, or up to the top and look out over the city. But our building here has, has one main floor. I would say, you, you know, you get people in that, that skim and you get people in that swim. And, and so, so <laughs> I think, I think for a skimmer, uh, just someone who, who wants to see the artifacts and, and, on to the next thing. You can easily see our facility within an hour. If you really want to get into the content of, of the, the things that we offer in our exhibits, then I would plan on two to three hours for that. Yeah, and you can learn all about Kiowa County and, and see some of the wonderful history of the place. Absolutely. What kinds of records or historical artifacts has the society received as donations from the public? Just since I've been here, we, we've had a few people that, that come in. When I first started, I, I had a few local residents who, who would come in and bring 
items from their family or, or items from from someone who who they knew that lived here in the past. Uh, so we have we have a nice collection of clothing and and just local things that that people have used through the years, and and we we try to display as much of that as we can and as frequently as we can. So anybody who who wants to bring something in, feel free to do so, and and we'll see if we can get that on display. It's a good idea. How many artifacts are in your collection? You know, really, I I, I think here, uh, and, and part of it, I'm sure, is because of the tornado. Our, our museum probably doesn't have as many artifacts as some of the other museums in our area, county history museums. A lot of what we have here are exhibits just w- designed with information about you know, the founding of our towns and the history and, and some of the things are related to the tornado. So I, I would say in the grand scheme of things, probably not as many artifacts as some of the other museums, but but definitely we, we, we do have a few. So some pretty neat things, like, like I mentioned uh, when you asked about the fire, um, some pretty neat things that people have donated over the years. I think you already mentioned that your society will be doing oral interviews sometime in the future. At least you have plans for that. Are, are there any now that people can listen to? We, we do have a, a video of, of uh, when you walk into our museum, uh, you can watch. It's about a 15-minute video. It talks about the history of Kiowa County. It has an interview with Mr. Huckerty that ran the drugstore. And so he gets to talk about some of his experiences working here for as many years as he did. And so definitely something that we look to expand in the future. Okay. Now, I imagine that your museum, like many, your historical society runs on volunteers, good people who in the community want to volunteer their time and help the society. What kinds of opportunities does the society have for members and the public? You know, we could always use help from members of the public if, if, if someone is, is a good carpenter or somebody, even if they just have information about some of the exhibits, I, I want to hear from people. I want, I want people to come in and, and give that personal touch about things. And, and uh, one of the things that I've noticed since I've been here is just people who take time out of their day to come in and, and just talk about different things around, around the building and talk about you know, just tell me stories of things that I, I would never know if, if they weren't there to tell me. So as far as volunteering goes, we, we don't have a lot to offer, but but we definitely welcome the public to come in. And I like I said, I, I love to meet with people and, and hear the stories from the past. Okay. So pretty much, you know, you've got a new building, so you don't have architectural issues or roof issues right. or things like that. Right. You've got pretty new exhibits in the museum. I imagine that, and maybe I'm just dreaming, but I imagine that prior to the tornado, the Historical Society had a building and it was destroyed by the tornado. Is that correct? Yes, yes. So we had we had a the Kiowa County Museum pre-tornado, and and it was also on on Main Street, and it w- it was destroyed. And unfortunately, a lot of the artifacts and things that we had at the time. Uh, were destroyed as well. Um, what could be salvaged was, and, and we still have some of that on display, and we're very proud of that. Do you have any record available for the public of what was lost in case they have one sitting in their basement? I know it's Sean, we don't, but but if somebody does have something and does have a question, I may not be the person to ask, but I can certainly find someone who who does know that information. Yeah, you should make that public, I think. 
here's what we lost. We lost this old artifact. Do you have one? Is there another one in the county that we can, you know, now that we have a more secure facility, I assume your facility now was built to withstand an F5? You know, I, I don't know the details as far as what it, what it could withstand, but like you mentioned earlier, it, it was housed in what's called the Kiowa County Commons. And, and so we share this space with our county library and, and the K-State Extension Office and, and uh, the Kiowa County Media Center, which is a great resource that we use quite frequently around here. So we share this space and it's a beautiful building and it's, it's built to the standards of, of being environmentally friendly and, and all the standards that were set at the time after the tornado that when, when Greensburg decided to build back in a, in a green and, and environmentally sustainable way. Yeah. Okay. So you're in Kiowa County, Kansas, and you represent the county. There are other museums, other organizations in the county, I'm sure, both from a historical and a genealogical perspective. How do you interface with those other societies? That's a good question. So, so here locally, we have we have a tourism board, uh, which I'm honored um, to be to serve on. So, so we, we really work together. We understand that that when somebody comes to our area, we want to we want to give them the best bang for their buck. We want to make their time worth it to come out here and, and see Kiowa County. And, and so that, that includes things like the Big Well and, and uh, the Round Barn over in Mullenville and, and uh, the Haviland Heritage Museum, which, which is over in Haviland uh, to the east of us. So, so we understand that people come here and, and, and we, want to, we want to just bombard them with the history of Kiowa County and, and the neat things that you can see when you come out here. So so, so we do a great job of working together in those things and saying, okay, this, there's going to be a community event on this day. What, what are some things that we can do to, to include everybody in this so, so that, so that every, everybody can see what they want to see when you come here? Yeah. Do you have like a county fair and do you have a booth at the county fair? We do have a county fair in, in June of each year. And uh, at least since, since I've been around, we haven't participated, but um, I, I'd like to, I'd like to have a booth and, and open up that membership and, and say, Hey, come on in. This is what we have to offer. This is, did, did you know this about Kiowa County history? Because there, there really are some interesting things uh, that are unique to us. Yeah. Very unique. It's a great town. It's a great community. You've got a wonderful museum there. Let me give the contact information of the museum once again. You can find them on the web at kchmsoda.org. You can also find them on Facebook as Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain. You can visit them at 320 South Main Street, Suite 100 in Greensburg, Kansas, 67054. You can call at 620-723-1125. And you can email them at kiowamuseumsodafountain at gmail.com. You've got a nice website. I know it's it's real nice, but you also mentioned that you're enhancing that as you go forward. What kinds of things can people do? You have a you mentioned a link that they can donate, so that's great right from the website. Can they become a member via the website? Absolutely. So so right now that's not an option, but but it's something uh, I mentioned our our friends over at the Kiowa County Media Center, they they help us with that website and 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 host that for us. So so definitely something that I would like to see uh, in my time here going forward that that we offer so that people who who can't always make it out here or, or don't feel like, you know, mailing us something or, or emailing 
can can hop on the website, become a member, and, and still still be able to to access those benefits. Yeah, I know you mentioned most of your membership currently is within the county, but if I have relatives and I'm doing family history and I have relatives that lived in Kiowa County and I'm interacting with the historical society, I, I may want to jump on that website and become a member uh, or renew my membership, actually. Absolutely. And and we, we do, uh, I, I watch our messages through our Facebook page frequently. So so if you, if someone were to message us through Google or, or through Facebook, I, I'm happy to, to answer any questions that people have. And like I said earlier, I, I may not always be the best person to, to answer the question, but I, I know people who might be. And, and so I will, I will do the best I can to, to get answers to those kinds of questions. What are your thoughts about how best to keep history and community support flourishing for the current generation? I think being able to offer the things that we offer at no cost is, is crucial. Kids, kids can come in here and, and hang out and spend time at the end of the day and be able to you know, grab, grab an ice cream cone for a dollar or something like that and, and look at our museum at no cost. So I think just being able to, to keep costs down and, and part of that comes from donations and, and from our, our county commissioner. So, so it's important that, that everybody understands uh, the need for those things so that we can keep going the way we are. So why is the society important to the community? What makes your society different or unique from others? Living history, part of, of what we do is, is very unique, you know, to, to be able to come in and, and uh, interact with, with our staff. I have a wonderful staff here that works at our soda fountain, and uh, they're very knowledgeable and, and help me remember the things that, that need to be remembered to, to be able to run that. So that, that's not, not something you get in a lot of other places. So, so you can come in and, and see a big part of Kiowa County history and, and experience something that, that you wouldn't get to experience in other places. You know, so in addition to our museum, you, we, we run a fully functional soda fountain and, and that takes staff. So, well, so. if you've got kids coming in, here's an important question. Do you have a jukebox? We do not. No, we, we play our own music. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a jukebox, but, but we try to keep keep up with some of the trends that are going on, okay. you know, whether it's Christmas time or whatever time of year it is and, and what people want to hear. But we, do, we don't have a jukebox. Yeah. Love to have a jukebox. And the kids would uh, be able to push the buttons and learn. Is there any other information, Brandon, or any message you'd like the community or members to know about? I just want to reiterate that, that we are a, a very unique place to be in, in, in southwest Kansas. There, there's, you know, there are beautiful things to see out here, and, and if you don't go looking for them, you won't see them. And so that's why we're here. We're here to, to inform people of, of the things that we do. And if you're ever in our, in our area and you want to take some time to come visit us, we'd, we'd love to have you. Fantastic. Thank you. Reflecting just a bit, how do you think your members, the volunteers, the community view you and the society in terms of benefit and value? You no, know, I, I hope, Sean, that they will, that the uh, community will, will stay with us and, and watch what we do going forward. I'm, I'm excited about, about what we're going to offer in, in the future, uh, whether it be traveling exhibits or, or different things in the soda fountain or, or getting out in the community. One of the things that I was asked when, when I was brought in here was, was to use some creativity to do things in a different way. And, and so we're going to do that. So, so watch our Facebook page, watch, watch our website and, and watch for those things and, and really see how, how those, that membership evolves in, in the coming months and years because we're excited about it. 
Yeah, I'm excited for you. You've got so much going for you. I can't imagine a scenario where your membership wouldn't grow based upon your efforts. There's just so much value there. It's, it's amazing. Absolutely. And it's important to me and it's important to the board and, and definitely something that, that we're looking forward to. Brandon Brown, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us today and tell you Merry Christmas. It's been such a pleasure learning about the challenges and the resiliency of the people of Kiowa County, Kansas. I'm really glad to meet you. In Kiowa County, you all have a very beautiful museum there, and the soda fountain is really unique and is really a great thing to refresh your visitors and, and help them assimilate what you have to say. So thank you very much. Thank you, Sean, for the opportunity, and, and Merry Christmas to you and, and to all of your listeners. And I'd just like to say anyone is welcome here at any time and, and reach out. And if you have any ideas or if you have any you know, something that might have worked for you in the past. We, we would love to know those things because um, it really takes a community. And, and sometimes that's more than, than just what's in your area. Sometimes that can be just the people that, that are like-minded. And so we're very thankful for the opportunity and, and glad that, that you were able to have us on. Thank you for being here. And with that, we'll end our time with our guest, Brandon Brown, the executive director of the Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain, located in Greensburg, Kansas. Listeners, please stay tuned for my comments and wrap-up, which is coming up next. history on by joining, donating, and volunteering at the Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain in Greensburg, Kansas. Get more details about admissions and hours at kchmsoda.org and also learn more about the museum. This is your museum and is it ever beautiful? If you haven't visited yet, just remember that you're always welcome. Plan a visit today and bring a friend or your family to 320 South Main Street Suite 100 in Greensburg, Kansas. You'll be glad you did. Hola. Si es nuevo en los Estados Unidos o es de ascendencia hispana, querrá ser voluntario y apoyar a su sociedad histórica o genealógica local. ¿Por qué? Porque ahora eres parte del tejido de Estados Unidos, y estas sociedades quieren ayudar a contar tu historia familiar y tu historia. Si desea que su cultura se conserve como parte de nuestra historia estadounidense, eche un vistazo a su área y conéctese con su sociedad local. Estarás contento de haberlo hecho. Gracias. Sometimes the most commonplace artifact triggers the most heartfelt memories. The museums, cultural and heritage institutions. Historical and genealogical societies within our communities have responsibility for preserving these artifacts so they can be used to educate each new generation about their own past. They are the gatherers and caretakers of the stories of our history, culture and heritage. Sharing the lessons of history fosters an understanding of the fundamental knowledge of why things work the way they do. Once armed with a knowledge of their place in history, people have a much higher success rate as they build the future.
Our values and ideals are rightly influenced by those who came before us. On each episode of Preservation Oaks, our guests share key information about these core organizations and history. You'll learn about the great work they do, what their needs are, their goals, and why you can feel really competent about the future by volunteering and supporting them. Join us wherever you get your podcasts, and then follow, comment, like, and listen. I started life from fire and wood. I was shipped from the east coast of the new United States to the far west. I went on display at a trading post and was bought by a settler named William. He used me almost every day to rustle up grub for his family. He kept me oiled and cleaned. I was so happy to be so useful. William had a very good aim. He could hit the eye of a coon at 50 paces. When wolves broke into the corral killing livestock, William and I waited one night and took them out one by one. I was deadly in the hands of William. Then, the town we lived in grew and William didn't use me that often any longer. When William died, I was passed to his son Joseph, but Joseph already had a newer model, and so I sat in the closet for a long time, wrapped in oilcloth. Then, finally, after being passed on to several different family members, and then hung up over a fireplace, where I collected dust and soot, I was donated to the local historical society. They catalogued me, shined me up, oiled me, and made sure all my parts worked like new. Now, I'm on display for the community to see every day, and they marvel at the way I was made and how long my barrel is. I feel so proud that I can help others understand the past, which I guess I'm now a part of. Rather than throwing it out, please donate historical records and objects to your local historical society today. Nine out of ten listeners agree, Preservation Oaks is the best podcast on the internet. If you're a historical or genealogical society listening to Preservation Oaks and you'd like to be a guest on the program, please email preservationoaks at gmail.com. Again, that's preservationoaks at gmail.com. Listeners, thank you for listening. You can comment anytime about the show or send suggestions by emailing preservationoaks at gmail.com. Thank you. This is Paul Hackbart, outgoing president and now the marketing and communications director of the Iowa Falls Historical Society. And I love listening to Sean Thomas Ratcliffe on MicroStream Radio. This is Dr. Paul Brennan, president of the Kailua Historical Society in Hawaii. And I listen to Sean Thomas Radcliffe and Preservation Oaks on MicroStream Radio. This is Brian Stuckey from the Mennonite Heritage and Agricultural Museum located in Gossel, Kansas. And I enjoyed being a guest on Preservation Oaks with Sean Radcliffe. And now, back to Preservation Oaks.
Welcome back. From time to time during this episode, you may have heard my new Chihuahua puppy whining. Her name is Tessie. She's only three months old. She's cutting her teeth and she's an energetic little puppy. So please forgive any whimpering or whining you may have heard. She was busy learning how to get my attention here in the studio when she wanted to sit on my lap. Here on Preservation Oaks, we highlight cultural, genealogical, and historical societies and museums throughout the United States. And the Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain is one of the coolest. They have a working soda fountain right in the museum. It was sad to learn that 15 years ago, in May of 2007, a level 5 tornado just creamed the town of Greensburg destroying 95% of the community and killing 11 citizens as it swept down Main Street. 95%, my goodness. Kiowa County had to refurbish the county courthouse with new windows and a new floor as a result. And now it and the businesses that were rebuilt are new and have great new spaces for visitors to shop and to provide entertainment. I didn't read this anywhere, but I'd bet the town is still recovering 15 years on. And on this Christmas, I hope you'll join with me to wish them all the best. I hope the town and the county rebound with more tourists, families, and businesses relocating to the county than ever in 2023. You folks in Kansas, in Kiowa County, and in Greensburg can be very proud of the work that's been done to recover, that's for sure. Brandon said the museum is all decked out for Christmas. They have their tree up and everything. I wonder if they sell Kiowa County Historical Museum Christmas ornaments. I forgot to ask that. The population of Kiowa County should be very pleased about your historical museum. It's new, having been built after 2007. It gives the county a place to recover after the destruction of Greensburg. There's no admission at the museum, so you can come anytime with your family at no charge. That's really nice. The Soda Fountain is a great place for anybody to enjoy, but especially youngsters can come after school to socialize, have an inexpensive treat, and to be safe in this community-owned space right near the library. I have a lot of respect for Mr. Brandon Brown, the executive director. He most certainly has the qualities needed to be successful. As anyone who's a regular listener knows, I'm a huge fan of leaders who bring the right mix of active listening, great communication skills, a sense of service, and intelligence to the job. And in all these regards, Brandon has what it takes. He also serves on the county tourist board, so you can be sure he's dedicated to serving Kiowa County. With regard to the historical museum, I could be wrong, but in my view, The community suffered from the loss of records and artifacts as a result of the F5 tornado, which destroyed the previous historical society building. This was really a prodigious loss. It's up to Brandon and Kiowa County, of course, but I think the next phase of historical recovery for the community might be to come together to rebuild the collections of the museum by donating objects, photographs, historical books, and other materials that helps tell the story of Kiowa County's past. Think of it as a donation for the future to educate future Kiowa County residents about their past. If you have something like that, consider donating it to the Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain. Barring another catastrophic event, they can preserve it and keep it safe. While it may indeed be the case 
I'd hate to think that the artifacts destroyed in the previous historical society building were all the artifacts that exist in the county. Brandon's highest priority for the coming year is to increase membership, and a part of that effort will be to redefine the benefits associated with becoming a member. I think the membership is a good deal because you get to support such a great museum and you get that wonderful soda fountain. The museum is really beautiful. Brandon mentioned that this year they did a traveling exhibit called the John Brown Experience. That sounds pretty cool. The next one coming in February 2023 will be called In the Trenches and is all about the men and women who served in the military during World War II. You know, by the end of the 1930s, the majority of our Civil War veterans were gone, and so I encourage the Kiowa County Historical Museum to capture as many interviews as possible from World War II veterans before they too are all gone. They are fading fast, and we will never have another opportunity to understand what they went through in their own words. Now the soda fountain draws the community into the museum. If the museum can marry that together with a rewards program of some type, perhaps something like a free annual museum membership after the purchase of something like, say, 25 items from the menu, then that might be a good growth strategy. The Soda Fountain menu has pies, coffee, floats, and ice creams. The fountain came into the museum after the 2007 Level 5 tornado destroyed the Hunter Drug Store, which previously existed on Main Street in Greensburg. Thank goodness Richard Huckerby survived with the soda fountain, and the museum was able to capture his interview about the history he lived during the 50-plus years he worked there on Main Street from 1952 to 2007. By the way, it's thought-provoking how the town of Greensburg got its name. It came from Donald Cannonball Green, a stagecoach line business owner who was a marketing mastermind using the nickname Cannonball to signify the speediness they were trying to achieve in getting from one place to another or having a package or mail delivered by the stage. I'd say Donald Cannonball Green was the original Donald. It was also really interesting learning about the hand-dug well, and by the looks of it from the pictures I saw, it's got to be at least 10 feet across. If you get a chance, go and visit the Big Well Museum in Greensburg and let me know what you think. Personally, I hope the Kiowa County Historical Museum can build bridges to the Kiowa Native American tribe, since the tribe is their namesake. It'd be really interesting to see what can come from that. Perhaps one day, we'll see an exhibit where the museum shares the history of the tribe and the area from the tribe's perspective. I have no way of knowing just how many round barns we have left in the country, but I can imagine there's not many, because you just don't see them dotting the landscape. The Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain has one that they've lovingly preserved. It's called the Fromm Bernie Round Barn, and it's in Mullenville, there in Kiowa County, Kansas. Just out of high school, I worked in a round barn as head groom for a group who boarded, trained, and professionally exhibited Arabian horses around the country, generally at country fairs in the summer months, but also at rodeos. That barn was huge and beautifully built. As I mentioned in my conversation with Brandon, all the stalls were all around the circle, and in the middle was an arena where the horses were trained. 
Before it was a horse barn, it was a dance hall. Young people in Kiowa County should definitely make a visit to the barn to see how it's built, how it's put together, because they'll most likely never get another chance to see and remember a beautiful round barn in their lifetime. I sincerely hope listeners will visit Kiowa County, Kansas. There's a couple of good hotels in Greensburg that you can use as your home base while you're visiting, and I hope you find time to visit the Kiowa County Historical Museum and that you can stop in and have something at the soda fountain while you're there. Brandon might be looking for a jukebox to add to the collection, so if you can help with that, please connect with the museum. The Historical Museum needs volunteers to complete projects and fulfill the museum's next steps forward. Although Brandon and I didn't discuss this, I imagine that the Greensburg Library was also destroyed in the tornado, and that some or all of the historic books in their collection may have been lost. If that's the case, perhaps the museum can attract one or more historians to help rewrite the story of Kiowa County, using materials from others as well as oral interviews. Based on what I learned about Kiowa County community support for the Historical Museum, it's clear that you all can do just about anything successfully. Please help by donating, supporting, joining, volunteering, and participating with the Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain. What a great organization. The Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain, located in Greensburg, Kansas, is truly one of our nation's preservation oaks. Just to reiterate the contact information for the Society, you can find them on the internet at www.kchmsoda.org. You can find them on Facebook under Kiowa County Historical Museum and Soda Fountain. Their address, if you want to write them a letter or a visit, is 320 South Main Street, Suite 100, Greensburg, Kansas, 67054. You can call them at 620-723-1125. And you can email them at kiowamuseumsodafountain at gmail.com. If questions occur to you and you'd like more information, please connect with the museum via the contact information provided in this program. If you're a listener in the area the museum serves and you're not already a member, please consider joining and supporting them. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode and that this information helps listeners understand how valuable the museum is to the community and what kinds of excellent services they have to offer to their members and the public. Okay, that's a wrap for this episode. Music used today is from Scott Holmes, Jingle Punks, John Sales, Kathy Oakes, Tchaikovsky, and Cymbalbird. Many thanks to these artists for the music. MicroStream Radio is a registered trademark. You can visit us at www.microstreamradio.com. This broadcast is owned and copyrighted by MicroStream Radio. It cannot be rebroadcast, downloaded, copied, or used anywhere without the written permission of MicroStream Radio. Thanks to everybody for listening. This is Sean Thomas Radcliffe. Merry Christmas, everybody. And we'll see you all next time on the next episode of Preservation Oaks. <music>